Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Today we're continuing our series on You're Invited. And, and I want to just for a moment pause on the invited part because it's really important. Um, when you get invited to a party, the assumption is somebody has done the work of the party, right? It's not much of a party if you get invited to it and, and you're supposed to be the one who's done all the work and, you know, hey, I want to invite you to, to, uh, you know, to your birthday party. And by the way, here's what you need to do to get it ready. When you're invited to something, the work has been done and you have been thought of. Somebody has... has um, welcomed you, shown they wanted you, shown they want to be with you, and, and all you have to do is accept the invitation. So I want you to keep that foundation in mind with the heart of God. You're invited, all right? Um, and this is, this is where you belong. Today we're going to talk about the reality that you're invited to peace. We're going to kind of try to unfold what peace is and, and, and how we truly live it. But, but I want to deepen, as I want to do with all of these, um, these series with, from Galatians, I want to deepen the meaning of, of peace and the understanding of peace that we have so that you and I don't think that peace is something that it isn't or that peace is going to feel like something um, that I will never have. Because you're invited to peace, but it's not a peace without conflict. That's not it, the way it works. The reality is, that without faith, we live without peace in a broken world. That's just the way it works. With faith, we live with peace in uh, a world within a world, a kingdom within a country. And, and I want to kind of frame for you again our context and our situation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then God created you and I. He created humanity, and, and what we just sang about was really a, an echo of, of, of Genesis uh, 3, the, 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 the creation where God walked with Adam in the cool of the day in the garden. There was fellowship with God, and, 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 and the world was united. It was together. It was integrated, integral. And then sin, and then broken, and then our will went against God's, and God gave us what we wanted, independence, and, and, and crazy happened. And the independence that we got in our sin and that we still get in our sin is very much like a deep sea diver at the bottom of the ocean taking out his diving knife and, and cutting his own air supply. That's what we did. You get really crazy when you can't breathe. And in a broken world, there's all kinds of crazy at all kinds of different levels uh, in all different ways. Some of it's evident and obvious, but even the stuff that isn't evident and obvious is still just as lethal, um, you know, as, as, as some disease you just don't know that you have yet. In John 18, 36, the whole point of the, uh, the coming of Jesus was that Jesus came to bring a kingdom uh, to the countries of the world. So, so we used to live in a world that was united, and then we, we lived in a world that, that we made God free to an extent. <clears throat> and in that world, it was crazy. And then, and then God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. 
And Jesus brought a kingdom. The, the, the way this, this kind of works is, is, is kind of like this. Um, it, it works to, to say that, uh, like, like a wrecking ball. Like, so here's, here's our world. And, and all of it's broken. And, and here's the, the kingdom of God over here that, that Jesus came to bring. In, in, um, in, the, in the scriptures, in John 18, 36, Jesus is standing before Pilate. And this kingdom that Jesus came to bring, uh, this new operating system, uh, this new currency and, and economy that Jesus came to bring is from another world. It doesn't belong in our world. Uh, that's not true. It doesn't fit in our world. It, it invades our world. And Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? You claim to be a king, but I don't recognize your sovereignty. I don't recognize your form of governance. I, I, I think that you're a joke. I think that you're probably thought that he was, he was insane. Jesus responds in John 18, 34, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would have fought to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Now my kingdom is from another place. My kingdom is from another place. And so, so what has happened is that, that the kingdom of God, um, you know, again, has, has come into this, this broken world and, and, and is, is invaded. And, and we live in this place that, that isn't uh, a peace without conflict. And, and when the kingdom comes, it crashes into the broken world and and, and in this messy intersection of the broken and the kingdom, there's the peace of God. That's, that's the, the, the point of it all, is that, that our peace is not a peace without conflict because heaven's coming, but this isn't it. We live in a world within a world. We live within a kingdom within a country, and we started off in a singular unified experience. We will end up in those who believe in a singular unified experience in heaven. But in the meantime, we are in the clash of the two, like where two rivers rush and, and mix together. And in that environment, in that context, we will have conflict, but we can also have peace that is real. And so, so Jesus is there before Pilate, and, and he, he said, my kingdom is from another place. I came to bring the kingdom of God into the world. Paul says later in the book of, of Philippians, in the scriptures, he said that we, our citizenship is not here. Well, in one sense, sure, it's here, right? But no, Paul says, no, our citizenship, our, our home is, is in heaven. So we, we live in a country within a country, a kingdom um, with, within a, a world, and and there's going to be conflict between these two things. Faith is making a choice. It's making a choice about which kingdom, which economy is going to rule us. It's a tough choice. Because a part of the brokenness of this world is that it hides its broken and, and it offers us a lot of things that, that, 
say they can satisfy us. Jesus comes along and he offers a different vision of life, a different way of life, and it's not a once every seven week kind of life, it's a seven day a week kind of life. And one of the things that I'm praying for, for you and I, is that, that, that as we approach um, you know, the end of the year, and the beginning of 2020, that, that something different is going to happen in the church at Seven Run. You know, I, 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 we can't stay here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm absolutely not content for us to just keep doing the same old, same old. No, it's not going to happen. Jesus Christ is either real or he's not. Either he is the king of kings or he isn't. Either the scriptures are true or they're not. Either we really can have peace or we cannot. They, these are mutually exclusive realities and alternatives. And Jesus said, people of faith will make a choice. And they will prioritize a kingdom they cannot see over a, a, a country they can see. They're going to prioritize a new operating system of love that is from heaven itself over a, a, an operating system of self-centeredness and a currency, um, you know, an economy of, of wealth here on earth. You have to make a choice. And Jesus called people of faith out of prioritizing their, their identity in the world and into prioritizing their identity in the kingdom. He said this in Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. He knows your name. He knows your needs. He's worthy of your trust. If you will, if you will accept your place in the kingdom of God, you'll see that God provides. It's kind of like being in the yard of, of of a home on a, on a cold and, and, and stormy night. I mean, it is, it is raining so hard that the rain stings, the wind is blowing, it is cold, and you are soaking wet. And yet 15 feet away, there's a door. And at that door, uh, there, is, there is the Son of God standing with the door wide open, calling you, uh, you know, inviting you, hand out to say, come inside. Inside there is warmth, inside there's a fireplace to sit down, inside, inside there's life and there's food, there's friendship and fellowship, inside there's life. But you and I have to have the faith to recognize that invitation can be trusted and I don't belong here. You don't belong in your lonely. You don't belong in your addiction. You don't belong lost in pornography. You don't belong uh, lost uh, giving yourself away to uh, the next guy to prove your worth. You don't belong finding the answer to your pain in the next drink or, or some other chemical lie. You belong in the heart of God. You belong inside. But you're going to have to make the, the, the choice. Because we're invited to peace, but not a peace without conflict. Conflict then is between the broken and crazy of a God-rejecting world and, and the, the righteousness and truth of a God-powered kingdom. And you and I have to decide, is this kingdom real or is it fairy tale? You know, because if it's not real, and I mean if it's not like real world real, if it's not like blood and nails real, then we got nothing. But if the kingdom that Jesus came to bring 
brought a love that is stronger than nails and bigger than death, then we have to trust that something has to change inside of us and we have to to believe what we believe and faith has to rise. Again, I'm telling you, it's just not right that that, that we would be satisfied to to think that our discipleship in Jesus means that, that I follow Jesus once in a while in a casual kind of way. If I'm drowning, I'm not going to, you know, drown in the water in, in, in just sort of a, a happy, satisfied way. I'm going to be desperate to get out. And then once out, I'm going to be thankful I'm not drowning. For, for you and I to live um, once a week as a disciple, that's a rarity. Most of us, again, in the church at Seven Run and in churches around, uh, all, all around, it's a, it's a spiritual temperature of our times. It's, 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 the, it's the seductive work of Satan uh, to, to lead us back into the world. Uh, you know, the, the rhythm of our lives are not built on daily discipleship. We, we attend church, most of us, once every three weeks to once every seven weeks. That's crazy with a capital K. Oh, I mean C. Absolutely crazy. And, and we want to, to get a vision of the kingdom of God that calls us out of, uh, you know, occasional, um, you know, discipleship uh, to every single day, seven days a week, uh, to, to live in, in Christ. You belong in peace. It's not a peace that you have to manufacture on your own. Galatians 5, 22 through 25 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that God does inside of us when we believe. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. God will produce love inside of you. You don't have to to work it, earn it, you know, feel it even, try it. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will will bring love up, joy. Pastor John talked about this last week, peace. We live in, in a country that is incarcerating more people than any country in the world and, of course, more people than at any time in human history, never in human history has any kingdom or nation uh, imprisoned as many people as we do week by week. Never in the world before have as many people been suffering from anxiety or depression or, or suicide been so high addiction rates. And yet we continue on in the operating system of this world as though somehow just a little more will finally be enough. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And the God who knows your name and walks with you will supply all of your needs. So, in this new kingdom, it's not powered by our broken, it's powered by the spirit of God himself. And it's a spirit that produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It's a whole new way of living. Those who belong to Christ have crucified, uh, well, and against such there is no law. Verse 24 is kind of the key to understanding the fact that, that we're invited to a peace, but it's, it's not the peace of, of a single world. Heaven is coming, but we're not there yet. It's, it's the, the, the real world peace of the kingdom of God in clash and conflict with the brokenness of the world. So I'm not saying it's any less real a peace. <laughs> it's just a peace that... Um, requires faith. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus, again, belonging, you've accepted your place in his heart, have crucified the flesh. (laughs) Talk about a conflict. Oh, my gosh. We crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. (laughs) Every one of us are a bunch of wanters. We all want something all the time. Again, how many of y'all ate yesterday? So you're done for for the rest of this next week? Right? I mean, you're through? How, how many of you all have ever done this? You, you, you know, you ate lunch and you're thinking about your next meal, right? <laughs> you're about... or, or, or you get something. You know, those of you who, uh, you, know, like, you know, you like stuff. You get something and then you're thinking about the next. The conflict of the clash of the worlds are that we have to crucify our own passions and desires. And that's hard to do. It's easy to talk about. It's really hard to not want what you want and to believe that God has something better. But in this God-powered kingdom that has invaded the world, the the scripture says that since we live by the Spirit, that's how we live. It's not in our own thoughts and our own opinions. This This is why the church should be so different as salt and light in the world because other people gossip, other people make up stuff, other people think critical thoughts about human beings, other people are insecure and and act in self-centered ways, but, but not the body of Christ. Jesus didn't. Everything that Jesus did came from the Spirit of God. And the same is true of us. So now since we live by the Spirit, let's keep pace with the Spirit. You know, as a kid, um, you know, with ADD and, and probably a bunch of other stuff, I, I, I told you all the story, you know, in London, the first time I actually saw chestnuts roasting over an open fire near Christmas. That was fascinating. The only problem is I'm in second grade um, and I'm in London and, and I stop on the corner and I'm watching these and, and the crowds are everywhere, and, and my parents go across with a light, and they're gone. And I'm watching for a long time before I look up and realize, uh-oh, I'm alone. <laughs> you know, I'm by myself. And I'm this tall, everybody else is this tall, and it's like, yeah, I don't really belong here. I and many of you, we need to do something new, start something new in our lives. We need to catch up with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is moving on and moving forward and we've been stuck and we've been stopped in some places and it's, it's not time. We don't belong here anymore. I want to share with you this morning that, that the price of, of peace is faith. And you can experience real peace in your life where you don't live in anger. Where, where you have the, the presence of God in your life and you don't need pornography where you have the presence of God in your life and, and, and you don't have to have more stuff, where you're not frustrated and angry with the people in your home, where the, the woundedness of your past is not still um, you know, speaking lies into your present. You can have peace to know how much God values you and cares about you. But the price of, of all of that in the kingdom is faith. You've got to trust And today I want to briefly just paint a portrait for you of what peace in conflict looks like. Because again, why am I doing this, Pastor Duwari? Because if you think peace is is just the absence of conflict and like like, 
um, I don't know, Yellowbrook Road and Sunshine and Daisies, then you're going you're gonna to be perpetually disappointed with the real world God who showed a love that was tougher than nails. You're, you're going to be thinking, well, there's either something wrong with me or God isn't real. You don't realize heaven's coming. We're just not there yet. How many of y'all fast forward through TV shows and movies if you can? How many of us are there out here? I mean, like, especially if I've seen a show, you know, um, and, and I know how it's going to end. Um, and, and, but like, even if it's been 10 years, so I'm watching something and, and I see, okay, the couple sits down and they're going to talk. Well, okay, I know what's going on here. Um, you know, they're getting back together for the first time. I don't need to hear it, you know. And I just saved four minutes of my life, right? How many of y'all are really irritated by those of us who fast forward through all this stuff and say, I want to hear that, you know? <laughs> That's important. That's the whole point of the story. When you know how a story ends, um, you interpret all of the struggles and the things that the uh, protagonist, the antagonist, that, that people need to overcome, you interpret it all differently, don't you? Because you know how it's going to end. This is going to end well. You win in Christ if you believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then, then you're going to be in heaven and you're going to one day wake up and, and truly wake up and see life as it is. And it's not going to be chubby babies with little, little wings. You know, the architect of life is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. You know the kind of art that he prefers. You've seen it in the skies. You've seen it in the beaches, the oceans. You've, you've seen it in, in, in the birds and the flowers. A new heaven and a new earth. One day you are going to wake up and you are going to be home. But we're not there yet. We're in a country living a kingdom that are in great conflict. And I want to give you today a picture, again, of what it looks like to live in perfect peace. The scripture says, he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on, on God. In Daniel chapter um, 3 is one of my favorite stories in the scripture. And if you've never heard the story, um, I'm excited that you're going to hear it for the first time. If you've heard the story, I, I hope that you'll hear it for the first time. <laughs> Because there's a special part of this story that even though you know the end of it, I want you to imagine you didn't know the end of it and you're there. In, in Daniel chapter 3, um, we're, we're talking about 2,500 years ago, 2,700 years ago, um, and, and Israel has been decimated, the Jews uh, have been in, in exile, and a few of the best and the brightest have been put into service in the Babylonian government. And Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is the king. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 3 made an image of gold 60, or 60 cubits, 90 feet high, and 6 cubits wide. Um, and, and he set up on the plains of Dura in the province of Babylon. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about, um, we're talking about the first of those two worlds. This is the broken world. Uh, cut off from God, living its own idea of, of, of life and success, its own version of crazy. And Ego has built a 90-foot-tall statue made of gold. And, and Ego is demanding everybody bows down to this. Now, some of you are going, that's so weird. I can't imagine that. Yeah, you can. You've done it. I've done it. We've all built statues to our Ego and asked other people to, to, to bow down. 
Has anybody ever been telling a story as they tell a story and then you got to tell a story to top it? Have you ever done that? You just, you just did what Nebuchadnezzar did. Have you ever felt the need to recite your resume or your qualifications um, to show people that you are somebody? Just built a tower. It may not have made 90 feet, you know. Probably some of mine like three inches. You know, isn't that grand and beautiful? No, it's not very impressive at all. And so, so Nebuchadnezzar is doing what the human heart uh, wants to do in its independence from God. He, he wants to be God and control the world and have the adoration of other people. But the trouble with ego is it's never satisfied. It's never filled. It is a bucket that we pour into that has no bottom. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar, and this, here's the other truth of, of what, uh, again, in a broken world, all of our choices affect each other, right? We impact each other. And usually uh, our broken produces more broken. He sets this up and he invites all of the important people, the, the leaders, the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, everybody, uh, to come to the dedication of the image that he's set up. And I mean, this is going to be a big event, even bigger um, than the, the Atlee House reveal that we're going to have. <laughs> even bigger. See how I threw that in there? <laughs> it's just right under... Then the herald proclaimed, as everybody's together, nations and people of every language... This is what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship the image will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. This is called coercion, manipulation. This is called you will do my will or else. And, and this is, again, what the human heart does um, as we demand that other people feed our insecurity, our, our insignificance, that other people recognize our own greatness, and, and, and we're working so hard to try to control the world and control people around us. Again, Jesus brought another world with another operating system, a new economy that looks nothing like this. It's an economy of faith. Guys, I want to share with you this morning that faith is the price of peace. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in worry. You don't have to, to live hating yourself. You don't have to, to live wishing that you didn't have to live. You can have perfect peace in the presence of conflict if you will have faith in God, that he's got this. And this picture, I love these three guys. I love their life. I, 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 I have been there in my mind's eye, standing on the ground with the rest of the, the people getting ready to bow down and save their own skin, watching the courage of these three, wondering, what do they have that I do not? The answer is faith. And guys, I'm telling you, you and I in our lives, we can keep on doing what we've been doing and, and repeating the cycles and patterns that we're having. Or today, we can believe. And today, we can declare that we trust the Word of God to be true and, and that we can move from life out in the storm into uh, our, our finding our home in God's heart and, and we can live in peace. <laughs> can you imagine you no longer angry? Yesterday, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at a stoplight and, uh, and down by shoppers, and, and I'm at a stoplight, and the light turns green, and, uh, and I do what most people do when the light turns green, I, I accelerate, you know? 
Um, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I'm in a pickup truck. I'm not in a, you know, Ford GT or a, you know, Corvette or something. But I'm just accelerating. And the guy behind me is right on my bumper. I mean, like we were sharing space. And then he whips out and he has his car floored. And, he, and man, he's just, it's like, I got to get there. And he rushes by. And I pull up beside him at the next red light, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, there are so many evidences of things that we do that show we have no peace. Your frustration at home. Um, do, you, do you bring the peace to your house, to your marriage? How about your workplace? Well, my job is to make those people do their job. Okay. Do you bring the peace of the kingdom? To know that it's a good thing that you're alive? To know that you're not junk? To know that you're valued? To know that there really is a God who knows your name, who cares about you? In this story, these three pay the price of faith so beautifully and they live faith so remarkably that history has never been able to forget their story. Now, verse 8 tells us another part of the story that, that the, some jealous astrologers and, and other competing sort of wise people and advisors uh, ratted out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, we want you to know, king, there's some Jews who you've set over your affairs in the province of Babylon, uh, and their names just happened to rhyme with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who would pay no attention to you, your majesty, which was a lie. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up, which is a truth, truth and lies. <laughs> Satan always mixes them. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, that in itself gives you a, a picture of their status because everybody else is just going to get thrown in the furnace. These guys get a second chance to, to bow. And, 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 um, and so the men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now I'm going to give you a second chance. When you hear all the impressive music that I've set up to my own ego, um, then if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I've made, very good. All is forgiven. Just compromise and buy into the system of this world and, and, um, and, and, and recognize me as being bigger than your God and, and you're good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? What a question. What a, what a great question. You wonder how that came out of his mouth, but it did. And I love the reply, just for a moment, if you will. Be in that moment. Uh, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people are, are, are gathered around for this celebration to the, to the glory of an earthly king. This image, 90 feet tall. 90 feet is quite a ways up. Made of gold. Everybody else, peer pressure. We're, we're programmed psychologically to mirror the actions of other people. You know, somebody frowns at us, we're probably going to frown back. You know, they smile, we might smile back. 
Here, everybody's been programmed to, to bow down and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, again, you know the end of the story, but pretend that you didn't. You're just there watching them. Three foreigners from another country serving a different, different God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say this, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, it's like, yikes. You know. Guys, you may want to suck up a little bit here. You, you, know, you may want to go easy because he's got all the power. Does he? Guys, the, the price of, of peace is, is faith. You, you got to decide which re version of reality is going to be your reality? Are we alive in a broken world and that's it? Or has another kingdom, a victorious kingdom, invaded our world and does it win over this world? We don't need king to, to justify ourselves before you. You think you're all that with your 90-foot-tall power, but we know a God who is infinite. A God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. A God who made the heavens and the earth by his voice. And that reality trumps your reality and all your power and all your threats. Do you see the power of faith? Do you, can you see it? This means yes, this means no. I got to say this, quick aside, bird, you know, squirrel. Um, 11 o'clock crowd, you got to catch up with the 9.30 service a little bit. I'm just saying, all right? I'm just saying, you guys got to catch up a little bit in your, in your responsiveness because you're a little bit too subdued. I'm just, I'm just telling you. The, the king is watching all this. I would love to see the look on his face when these three, instead of being, you know, um, you know impressed or kowtowed, they're responding with such a, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Well, it looks like you kind of do because you're going to die if you don't. And, 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 and they declare this in faith. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Do you hear their confidence? I love it. Do you, do you understand um, the, the faith that God has called to you to, that all the things that you're afraid of and, and worried of, he's got? His kingdom has overcome those things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All this other stuff will be taken care of. All the things that, that we are fearful about. We don't need to stay in the storm anymore. You're invited to peace. But it's not a peace without conflict. It's a peace that takes faith, confidence in God. That I believe what I believe. I believe that God is more real than life. I believe that he's bigger than cancer. I believe he's bigger than debt and death. I believe he's bigger than the pain of my past or the problems of my future, or do I? Church of the living God, it's time to wake up and decide what we believe. Are we going to be a people in our country who are guided by the king of another kingdom, or are we going to be a people who don't believe and we bow down time again to our fears, to our needs, to our flesh? Do you, do you hear God is able I want you just to say that with me. God is able. One more time. God is able. So, so he cares about you. He knows your name. He holds your hand. There's nothing that you fear that he's not able to take care of. So, so why no peace? 
The scripture talks about behaviors, uh, not because those behaviors earn our way to God's love, but because those behaviors, like a thermometer, reveal the presence of faith or the absence of God's love. When I trust God, I have peace. The Holy Spirit works inside of me to produce it. I don't have to. It's just faith, and the faith the size of a mustard seed is enough. The price of real peace in this broken world for a time before heaven is is faith, to know that God's got this and he is able. Guys, none of this means anything until you take this home, into your marriage, into your uh, past, into your fears about the, the future. I want you to, you know, our mind is, is, is like a, it's like a movie studio. Man, it makes all kinds of, it, and it's like, it's, it's like a publishing house. It writes all kinds of stories, creates all kinds of films. I want you to think about some of the things that you're worried about. I, I got to admit, I'm going to share with you one of my fears. One of my fears, um, uh, you know, aging is scary. I'm serious, and everybody's going to go through it, right? Or not, and then... Uh, <laughs> And, and, and our senior adults are worthy of double honor in our presence. Seniors, we value you. You matter. And your, your examples and your faithfulness through the years, it gives us hope and courage. But it's, but it's not for wimps, is it? And I have met through my years many, many people who are, are elderly and absolutely alone. Except if I know that, then they're not going to be alone because I'm going to be with them. Any story that you create of fear of the future, if you'll, if you'll go ahead and play that movie in your head, right? Go look around in that story. Look for a Jesus. Look for a conquering king. Look for the son of God. You won't find him in any of your, your future fear stories. You see what Satan's done? He, he's, just, he's just erased Jesus. But that's impossible. Because Satan can't erase Jesus. And and when you believe in him, he's the author of your story. He's writing the story. So if I go into a future and there are the losses that I, in my worst fears, I imagine, but then I see my Savior, guess what? I'm okay. Why? Because he's a Savior. And and, hey, church, what does a Savior do? You are so sharp. And what joy and peace that is, right? I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm all right. I'm okay. And these guys, as they're standing on the edge of this furnace, they, they say that, that our God is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. That's it even in your face right there. But, but verse 18 is my favorite part of this. Their, their belief in God's ability. But sometimes we as believers, we write stories that God hasn't written. God, I, I'm going to trust you if you, will, if you will take this away from me, this cancer away from me, for instance. Well, do, do I believe God heals? Yes, but something's going to kill us in the end. But we write these stories that say, God, if you love me, you will do this. Well, God didn't say that. And then we're disappointed with God when, when our vision of life didn't happen and his saving vision, um, you know, was different. And so in their faith, these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, say that we believe that our God is able. But verse 18, Daniel chapter 3, even if he does not, even if he holds my hand in a, and leads me in a direction that I did not foresee, 
even if my vision of my preferred reality does not occur, my God is God and He is good and He loves me and He knows my name and it's okay. They have peace. Man, there is high conflict all around and here is the perfect picture of peace. Even if He does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We will not bow down. Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Now, I don't think they measured it. I just think they were making a point to say, this is going to be so, so impressive and so lethal that I'm going to make an example of you three crispy critters that nobody else is going to (laughs) miss. He commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I, I promise you that in tying them up, they weren't just like, this, this was like if you're putting the cuffs on, you're putting the cuffs on where they hurt and, and, and you're hurting. And, and they were bound and, and um, the men wearing the robes and trousers and turbans and other clothes were bound and, and thrown into the furnace. The, the, the king's command was so urgent and the flames so hot that the fire killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, to the edge of the furnace. So even the guys throwing them in were overcome by the flames and they fall in. Wow. And then, and then the, the king says this. He leaps to his feet in amazement in verse 24. He asks, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? Certainly, your majesty. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed. I love that. Unbound and unharmed. That's you in the midst of your worst fears. With Jesus, confident in God, with, with a, a resolved heart to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that Jesus is real. I trust him. I know that he will save to the uttermost. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. And they did. Guys, just as ego was writing a story that was threatening to destroy the lives of other people, that's what ego does in a broken world. But, but a, a faithful heart does the exact opposite. It brings the kingdom of God. And now Nebuchadnezzar sees God for the first time in his life. He has a vision of God. And that's what your life and your faith and your peace will do. I, even in, in the type of music I'm talking about, I'm, I'm just saying, where is your peace? You can listen to every genre of music, but, but where's the peace? It's in Jesus. And the price of peace is, is faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence. And, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, he's real, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God will not ignore you. You don't belong in crazy, and you don't need to live in broken. You don't need to live in sorrow, in sadness. You don't need to live in alone. You don't need to live in fear and desperation and hopelessness. Love and joy and peace are yours. If you'll accept your invitation. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds with Christ Jesus. This is a peace with teeth. It's a peace that, that produces the presence of God in the conflict of the world. So how do you live right now? In Christ's peace or your anxiety? How confident are you in the win of the kingdom over the broken of the world? And where do you need to invite peace in? As the worship team comes out, we're just going to invite you into a time to where you accept your invitation to peace. But not a peace without conflict, not a peace without a furnace, <laughs> not a life without challenges, um, not, not a life where you're not going to have to deny your, your flesh and, and its desires. It's going to be a life of conflict, but it can be a life of 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 kingdom overcoming and of joy and of making a difference in the lives of other people. Guys, in the name of Jesus, all I'm asking you to do today is to believe. But to believe in a new way, bigger than you have been, in a way where love and joy and peace by the power of the Holy Spirit become real in your life. So today, will you believe, will you find peace through courageous faith? Papa, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to believe in a new way, a more confident way, a, a more sure way, Father, that sees you and your kingdom in the center of it all. And Father, I pray that in these moments we would surrender our fears, our insecurities, our anxieties. Father, that we would surrender our, our wrong passions and desires, God, that, that, that in every fear, uh, every part of the storm that is raging in our lives, that we would simply take your hands and come home to the peace where we belong. Father, may the change begin this afternoon at home and may the change echo uh, in, in our region through all of eternity as, as we, your body, believe your peace. And all God's people say, If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. As we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.